From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at Three Falls Brand. Again, Check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DeNiro, and today we have a super stack show for you. Today we're talking all about last night's AEW Revolution pay-per-view. But before I get into that... I gotta thank all my fans from all over the world. I salute all my wrestling DeLorean passengers. I got a long list of countries. It's getting too long to read. I just appreciate everybody, all my international listeners. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about. Last night was a huge AEW pay-per-view revolution. Didn't disappoint. A lot of crazy action. We're going to get into all that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I appreciate all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers, and I salute you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this Friday, we will be making our 200th episode. Clap it up for 200. Clap it up. 200 episodes talking about our love for professional wrestling. And... What better way to bring in the 200th episode than going back to the original concept of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I'm going to have my old co-host on the show, G-Rock, and we're going to be talking all about AEW on Friday's huge, super stacked, I should say, 200th episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Last night, we had a huge pay-per-view for AEW, the annual Revolution pay-per-view live from Orlando, Florida. This was about five hours, five hours of long but amazing action. Very little to complain about. To be honest, there may be 
not not really anything to complain about. It, it was a great pay-per-view, and I'm going to get into all that in just a few moments. But first, I want to give a big shout-out to my sponsor, Three Falls Brand. If you don't already follow Three Falls Brand on Instagram, if you want to fuse and mash up your love for rock and wrestling together... Three Falls Brand is the brand for you. They have amazing mashup shirts, pins, stickers, you name it. I just copped the Papa Shango Danzig mashup. This shit is fire. Check out the Instagram and get you guys some wrestling and rock merchandise from Three Falls Brand. Now, let's talk about AEW Revolution. The buy-in show started at 7 o'clock. Now, the buy-in show was absolutely stacked to the gills with matches, and I, I can't believe some of these matches were given away for free. The main event of the buy-in should have been on the pay-per-view. Hands down, should have been on the pay-per-view. We're going to talk all about that, and then we're going to get right into AEW Revolution. So, let's start the review. AEW Revolution, live from Orlando, Florida. The buy-in starts out with Layla Hirsch, Versus Chris Statlander. This is a match that's been built up for a while now. I'd say about two months on AEW Rampage and AEW Dynamite. Finally getting the blow off here on Revolution, the buy-in show. This was actually a really fun back and forth matchup for the crowd to, you know, really get into the show. You know, it was a it was a good start to what is going to be a great night of action. You could feel the intensity, you could feel the hatred between these two women. Actually, a really good fun match. Layla Hirsch picks up the victory when she cheats to win when she hits Chris Statlander with the turnbuckle. Next, Tony Schiavone brings out a very special guest. Kenny Omega's music plays, and I'm like, whoa, Kenny's here? The crowd pops. The crowd wants to see Kenny. But instead, we get Don Callis. Don Callis blames the fans for Kenny Omega being injured and says that he thinks Adam Cole will become the next champion, but he will be a transitional champion until Kenny Omega returns to take back his spot at the top. Now, this is just leading to the, well, it's it's just leading to the impending Kenny Omega return where we will probably get the civil war between Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and if that happens, it's going to be a great feud. I can't wait. Kenny Omega is definitely missed on the show. Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion, and he could only add to the show. So I think that once Kenny Omega comes back, it's going to be really cool because it's a whole different landscape. Since Kenny Omega left, we had the rise of Malachi Black in the House of Black. We had the debuts of Keith Lee, Buddy Matthews. A lot of a lot of debuts. A lot of shit changed since Kenny Omega left. Since Kenny Omega's been injured and nursing his injuries. So this is a whole different landscape for AEW. And I want to see what new fresh matches are waiting for Kenny Omega when he returns from his injury. Next on the AEW Revolution buy-in show, we have another match that's been built up for quite a while on AEW Rampage. We get QT Marshall versus the pay-per-view debut of Hook. Hook comes out to a lot of fanfare. The crowd's going wild for Hook. This is the longest matchup that Hook has had in AEW, but nonetheless, he still gets the victory over QT Marshall, who he absolutely just runs through. Main event for the buy-in, we have a huge trios match. It is Buddy Matthews, Brody King, and Malachi Black, a.k.a. the House of Black, versus Penta Oscuro, Pac, and Eric Redbeard, who made his debut for AEW 
well, he he made an appearance for AEW during the Brody Lee Memorial Show, but he made his official debut for AEW on AEW Rampage this past Friday. This was an absolutely barn burner of a matchup. This matchup was absolutely insane. House of Black's entrance, by the way, is so fucking cool with the three of them coming out. First time we see Buddy Murphy and Redbeard in AEW action. Redbeard looks really good in this matchup. He did shit that he never pulled out in the WWE. He did a fucking tope. He's doing flips over the ropes, Brody Lee style. He looked motivated. He looked ready to go, and he really put on a fucking show here. We had great sequences between Buddy Matthews and Pentagon Jr., which I would love to see a one-on-one. But I have to say, the match that I'm really excited for the most, if we do get it, I would pay a lot of money for this matchup. I want to see Buddy Matthews go one-on-one against the Bastard Pack. Because honestly, these two guys are just mirror images. Body body types, athleticism. Like, I, I really would love to see Pac versus Buddy one-on-one in AEW. But anyway, this is just absolutely insane. There's nonstop insanity with no weak links in this matchup. Everybody looked like a star. The House of Black eventually do win. When Redbeard goes for a choke slam on Malachi Black, but Malachi Black spits the black mist in his eyes. Buddy Matthews then hits a rising knee, and then Brody King hits a giant gonzo bomb onto Redbeard. What a matchup. This definitely could have been on the pay-per-view. This should have been on the pay-per-view. This matchup right here was absolutely insane. And it also had the people at a fever pitch because everybody in that crowd was going nuts for every little piece of action in this matchup. Everybody was on the edge of their seat, popping for everything. All six of these guys look like absolute stars. Brody King is going to be a big problem in AEW. And I don't mean a problem like a bad thing. I mean, this guy is going to be a fucking champion. Brody King is a monster. Malachi Black should be going for a title himself. He has been held down for too long. Malachi Black should be in the TNT title talks. He should be in the World Heavyweight title talks. Why not? The man's been on a fucking roll. He's been, since he's got there, he's only lost, what, like two matches? Malachi Black, now he has the backup, he has the story, and the guy is just waiting to break out. And then you got Buddy Matthews, who's just freaking awesome. I always was a big fan of him in the WWE, and I'm so glad to see him shackles free here in AEW. When we come back from this commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking all about the main show, AEW Revolution. So stay tuned, because you don't want to miss this. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. and salutations. It's your man CD, the fallen angel, Christopher Gaines. Now, I'm not just a world-traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life. I'm also the head of talent relations for All Elite Wrestling. And as such, I am not allowed to lie. It's in my contract. So when I tell you that Mike DeNiro and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know I'm telling you the truth. Now, Mike talks about classic WWF, WCW, ECW, and TNA reviews, as well as doing modern news for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today. So why don't you give it a listen and just remember that Christopher Daniels was the one that sent you, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Take care, everyone. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW Revolution, the pay-per-view portion of this show. What amazing efforts by everybody on this roster. Everybody from the opening matchup, the pre-show matches, all the way down to the main event. Everybody went out there to put on a fucking show, and they definitely did. We had a lot of action, a lot of insane spots, a lot of drama, a lot of emotion, a lot of storytelling. Everything that you would want in a great wrestling pay-per-view was here, present on AEW Revolution 2022. So let's cut the beat, and let's talk all about this amazing pay-per-view. This show starts out hot and heavy right off the bat. We got Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho as the opening matchup. Chris Jericho comes out to a tremendous pop, and as does Eddie Kingston. This crowd is just all over both of these guys. Both men come out to a lot of fanfare. Eddie Kingston starts off the match right away by hitting a huge half-and-half suplex onto Chris Jericho right as the bell rings. There's a lot of chops, a lot of stiff action. 
Yo, Eddie Kingston was chopping Chris Jericho's chest off. Chris Jericho's chest looked like raw hamburger meat. His shit was red as fuck. Chris Jericho hit a big suplex from the apron onto the floor. Really sick shit. In my opinion, this was Chris Jericho's best match in AEW for like the last maybe year. Really, he, he's been good. It's nothing that I would say he, he hasn't been slacking, but I feel like he took it up a notch and was going to a place that he hasn't been in quite a while. So it was nice to see this like new revitalized Chris Jericho in this matchup. Really good shit here. Eddie Kingston hits two spinning back fists and he makes Chris Jericho tap with the stretch plum. What a fucking matchup. What a great way to open up the show. After Eddie Kingston wins, which by the way, he finally did win the big one. And Chris Jericho did say that if he wins, he would shake his hand. But Chris Jericho is not a man of his word because after the match ends, Chris Jericho refuses to shake the hand of Eddie Kingston. What a shame. Next match, so we're getting our first title match of the night. We got the AEW Tag Team title match. It is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defending their AEW Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. This was starting out, it was a lot of handicap four on two action here. Things break down between the Bucks and Red Dragon eventually. Lots of insane action, crazy ass spots. At one point, Jungle Boy hit an insane shooting star press. It was just craziness. Luchasaurus was hitting flips. Everybody was doing their thing. Too much action to call. I enjoyed this matchup. In the end, the Jurassic Express is still your AEW Tag Team Champions. Next, we got the Face of the Revolution ladder match. It is Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow versus Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Christian Cage, which was another match with a lot of insane spots and crazy action. Wardlow looked like an absolute star in this matchup. I'm telling you right now, Wardlow is probably going to be AEW champion, and I'm going to say that's going to happen probably sooner or sooner than later, I should say. And it's it's evident here. This guy is a freaking megastar. Jim Ross is constantly saying that this is the guy you build your company around. And I agree. Wardlow has the charisma. He has the strength. He has the power. He has the character. He has the talent. And now he is the number one contender for the TNT champion because he wins the face of the revolution ladder match. Lots of crazy spots there, too. This was a good match as well. Next, Tony Schiavone comes out. He has a special announcement. He brings out the debuting Swerve, Shane Strickland, Swerve signs his contract for AEW. It was reported that Sher- Swerve, Swerve, should I say, Swerve is now part of AEW. And I couldn't be happier. Uh, I always been a fan of Shane Strickland. I've been a fan of him before he even went to the WWE. I was a fan of him as Killshot in Lucha Underground. When he did go to the WWE, I was a huge fan of Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, If you remember, in the early days of this podcast, when we were doing the Fight for Wednesday night, me and G-Rock was really, really big fans of Isaiah Sorov Scott, and we were really big on him in NXT. We were saying that he was one of the few guys that really captivated our attention and was someone that we really loved loved and enjoyed watching on NXT. And that's a guy, you know, even after he, he... made the hit row and was even a big star. He gets released by the WWE. And that's another wrestler where I'm like, how the hell do you get rid of this guy? Like he's money. He's talent. He's, he's, I don't know the WWE. This, this is not even about the WWE. I'm just glad that I'm glad that, uh, Shane Strickland's going to be back on my TV. 
I'm glad that I'm going to get to see this guy wrestle more, and I'm just a big fan of him, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see him here in AEW. It's going to be interesting to see the role he takes. It's going to be interesting to see where he fits in on this massive roster. I know he's going to be wrestling for the Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, so maybe he's more on the AEW Ring of Honor front. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but nonetheless, shout out to Shane Strickland. Congratulations on being all elite. Next up, we got the TBS title match between Jade Cargill and Ty Conti. The match-off starts out a little weird. Jade just goes in and kisses Ty Conti on the lips. Why? I don't know. Was it to throw her off her game? Get it in her head? I don't know. But nonetheless, this was a pretty quick matchup. Jade Cargill continues her reign at the top of the TBS women's division, I guess. She's 29-0. She's still undefeated here in AEW, and she's still your TBS champion. Next on the show, we get the dog collar match, the matchup that I look forward to the most going into the show, MJF versus CM Punk. MJF teases the crowd by coming out to the cult of personality. Everyone pops hard, but it's just MJF being a dick. Next, CM Punk comes out to his old AFI music from his old Ring of Honor days. Not only is it just the music, though, CM Punk comes out to his old Ring of Honor attire, the the fucking basketball shorts. Not only is it just that, but he also is announced as the Second City Saint. He did tell MJF that he was going to bring back the old CM Punk, the CM Punk that MJF tried to beat out of him. He's back This was just epic. This is nostalgic as fuck. This is the CM Punk I grew up on watching. Because I was a CM Punk fan before the WWE. I was a CM Punk fan in AEW. I mean, not in AEW. In Ring of Honor. When he was having classics with Samoa Joe. When he had his original dog collar match with Raven. I was fucking with CM Punk. So to see him like this... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This was nostalgic. I, I was a huge fan of this. Really cool to see him like this. CM Punk gets busted open early on in this matchup. MJF grabs the mic. He tells Punk to tell the people what he really wants, and that's to quit. Punk tells him to eat shit. There's a lot of blood in this matchup. CM Punk is bleeding buckets in this matchup. He is 
just gushing blood. It looks like a horror film in there. Lots of offense utilizing the chain. Lots of callbacks to the CM Punk Raven dog collar match from Ring of Honor 2003, Death Before Dishonor. Go check that matchup out. It is very, it's like a mirror image of this matchup that we got. Really good shit. Just like this matchup was. It was just absolutely phenomenal. MJF, he introduces tax into the match. He hits a giant superplex onto CM Punk to the tax from the top rope. In the end, MJF calls Wardlow to come out. Wardlow comes out. But he doesn't look like he wants to be out there. MJF asks Wardlow to give him the dynamite diamond ring. Wardlow can't find the ring. He's looking for it. He can't find it. This leads to CM Punk hitting the GTS onto MJF. And then all of a sudden, Wardlow finds the ring. And he leaves the ring right in front of CM Punk. The crowd pops huge because Wardlow is basically turning his back on MJF. Wardlow leaves with not a care in the world. As CM Punk puts on the dynamite diamond ring on his finger and knocks MJF the fuck out. One, two, three. CM Punk picks up the victory. And it finally looks like we're going to be getting Wardlow versus MJF. I am so excited about this. This was an absolute amazing matchup. This is probably one of the most brutal matches in AEW history. And this is probably, you know, this is without a doubt the match of the night for me. It had everything from emotion, nostalgia, just brutality, a lot of callbacks to classic matches that I was a fan of. This was just a great, great matchup with a lot of shit that kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. The old CM Punk is back. For anybody who says CM Punk don't got it anymore, fuck you. CM Punk got it, all right? CM Punk right now should be the number one contender. Right off the bat, I'm telling you this right now, CM Punk should be... Heading towards a title shot. Without a doubt. Who, who, who else right now could get a title shot? Brian Danielson lost to Hangman Page. Adam Cole, which I will get to later, lost to Hangman Page. So why not CM Punk? Who right now has a better argument? Who right now has a bigger claim than CM Punk as the number one contender for the AEW World Champion? That's what I want to know. I want to know who's Hangman's next opponent. It got to be CM Punk. Great matchup. Match of the night. This was phenomenal. Next, we got our next title match. It is the AEW Women's Champion, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. And I got to say, this matchup did not live up to the hype. The last time these two women faced one-on-one, it was last St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day slam. The lights out match. Epic. Match of the year candidate for AEW last year. This year, they fight at Revolution and it seemed to play the role of the calm down match to let the crowd calm down before the main events. And that's a shame because this is not that type of match. This is not that type of feud. If anything, that should have been Jade Cargill and Ty Conti, not not Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So I don't know. I was a little it was a little lackluster. I was a little let down by this matchup. First of all, too much interference. Too much interference. Overbooked like a motherfucker. Thunder Rosa should have won. Let's call a spade a spade. Thunder Rosa should have won this matchup. And now her momentum has just been shot. Britt Baker did not need to win this. She did not need to retain her title. And for the referee spending like 10 fucking minutes talking to Rebel outside, that was stupid as fuck. This was the only letdown, I believe. I, I even enjoy Ty Conti and Jade Cargill more than this. And that's surprising because I thought Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa was going to be by far the best women's match of the night. 
anyway, just going to glance over this because the rest of the pay-per-view was very, very good. We got John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Stiff kicks from both men. Both men was wrestling a very stiff matchup. The crowd was a little asleep. A lot of emotion was let out between the CM Punk matchup and the MJF matchup and all the other crazy-ass nonstop action between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon and the ladder match and Kingston and what's called Jericho. So by this point, the crowd's getting a little tired. You could tell they were a little quiet. But this match was violent as fuck. Not not the same violence that you saw with CM Punk and MJF. A different type of violence. A pure wrestling violence. Strong style violence. Moxley rolls through the triangle choke in the end to sneak a pin over Brian Danielson. It was a really good matchup. But the story of the night is what happens after the matchup. Because Brian Danielson is pissed off that he, he got a sneak loss. So... Danielson argues with the referee. Moxley and Danielson continue to fight. They're just beating the shit out of each other. They need to be stopped by the referees and security, but they can't even stop them. And then out of nowhere, holy shit, William Regal makes his AEW debut. He enters into the ring. He stops them from fighting. Regal tries to restrain Mox, but can't. But then he slaps Mox. And behind this, Brian Danielson is laughing. So Regal turns around and slaps Danielson. He tells them both, that he taught them better. Then he makes them shake hands. Mox and Danielson shake hands. Thanks to William Regal. Are we seeing the birth of a new faction here? Are we going to see William Regal as the mastermind behind the team of Mox and Brian Danielson? I don't even know. But I'm going to tell you this right now. This is insane. This made me so happy. William Regal should have never lost his spot in the WWE. Let's be honest. William Regal should have been cemented in that role. William Regal was respected like no other. And he was released for no reason. So now, you're damn right. Have him on AEW. He has probably a lot cooler role than he would have had in NXT. This is going to be so awesome to see him reunited with Brian Danielson. If he's like the mastermind. But also... This is huge for AEW for what it means for the backstage. Because I think if William Regal puts a little bit of his influence, this is the screws tightening for AEW. This could be the moment that fixes the issues. I always talk about AEW just needs to tighten the screws a little bit. It's a, it's such a great product, but they just need to tighten those screws. William Regal is the man to do that. William Regal's a great mastermind of professional wrestling. He's an old school mind of professional wrestling. And he could bring legitimacy to AEW. So I am extremely hyped for this. Next we got to the Tornado Trios matchup. It is Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Andrade El Idolo. They go against Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, and Sting. We have a dope-ass video of Darby Allin and Sting before the, uh, before the matchup. Darby enters, and he just rushes the ring, and he takes out Andrade. This one's off to the races. They're fighting all over the arena. Sting and Matt Hardy and Darby brought into the crowd with the Butcher and Blade attack. And then, holy fuck, we see Sammy Guevara hit a giant-ass Spanish fly off of the entrance tunnel through the table onto the ramp. Butcher and Blade are setting up four tables in the crowd. This is just wild, wild west shit. This is the type of shit I expect from ECW reviews when I watch the ECW Hardcore TV every Wednesday. But this is insane. AEW goes out of the box sometimes, and this was right out of the box. Sting is fighting back against the Butcher and the Blade, but the numbers are too much. Matt Hardy and Andrade and the Butcher and the Blade just outnumber Sting and Darby. 
Matt Hardy takes Sting a little higher into the crowd, up into the stands. Darby and Andrade are fighting, and they brawl above the tables. Darby knocks Andrade onto the tables, and then, holy shit, at 63 years old, Sting jumps from the stands through four tables on top of Andrade. I'm talking about a 15-foot drop. Sting is ageless. For anybody who thought that Sting was going to be fragile and not be able to wrestle, bro, the man is 63 taking 15-foot dives onto four tables. Absolutely insane. Matt Hardy takes Darby Allen into the ring. Darby Allen hits the Scorpion Death Drop onto Matt Hardy onto a chair. And then Darby Allen hits the Coffin Drop. One, two, three. Sting, Darby, and Sammy win an absolute nutcase matchup. Next, we got the AEW World Title Main Event. It is Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole, baby. And they had a pretty good main event. A lot of action in this main event. The crowd was up for this main event. They were alive for this main event, which is surprising after five hours at this point. About almost five hours of just insane matches, crazy-ass spots, crazy-ass dives, emotional roller coasters. This crowd was into this main event. A lot of funny chants, like, let's go Adam, you know, being that they're both Adam. Uh, instead of fight forever, there was a fight for Adam. Instead of this is awesome, there was a this is Adam chant. So the crowd was having a little fun with this matchup, but a lot of insane action. Now, I know a lot of people are going to complain about the near falls and people jumping back up from pile drivers. I don't like that shit either, but, I mean... <sighs> You just got to grow to expect it. This is the AEW product. This is the shit that they do. You know, this they, they've been doing this since day one. Adam Cole's been doing this since he's got to AEW, where there's a bunch of pile drivers and people popping back up. So I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is and say, look, it's a different product than what I grew up on, than what you grew up on. So I'm not going to hate on it. I'm not going to take points off for the near falls. Nonetheless, it was a good matchup, good main event. In the end, Adam Page wins. There was a there was a lot of crazy spots. Like, for example, Adam Page goes for a moonsault and he gets caught mid-air upside down with a super kick by Adam Cole. You had a crazy dead eye from the apron onto a table. You had Adam Cole hit the Panama City Sunrise on the outside. We had brawling between the Dark Order and Red Dragon. But in the end, Adam Page is still your AEW champion. It looked like the crowd was waiting for a surprise or something to happen afterwards. There was no surprises. There was nothing that happened afterwards. Adam Page just shakes the hand of Adam Cole. And we, all, we go off the air with Adam Page holding the title. Still a really good, solid matchup. I thoroughly believe that this was probably the victim of match order, if that makes sense. I know AEW is traditional where they want to put the title in the main event of the pay-per-view. But sometimes feuds are just bigger than that title. And right now, Adam Page, as much as they're trying, is not really delivering as a world champion. So I feel like if they had CM Punk and MJF in the main event and had maybe Adam Cole versus Adam Page start out the show or in the show somewhere in the middle, they could have had... Something that built up to the match happening earlier in the night, and then we had MJF versus CM Punk in the main event. I think it would have been a little better. I, I, I just think that sometimes a feud or a match is bigger than that title. 
and I know people are going to hate on me. Like, no, nothing's bigger than the title. But let, let, let's look at WrestleMania 18, for example, right? No one could tell me that The Rock versus Hogan shouldn't have been the main event. But guess what? It wasn't the main event. And then what happened? You had a good match between Triple H and Chris Jericho, but the crowd was dead. It was a victim of circumstances. And I think that this matchup was a bit of a victim of circumstances just because the crowd has seen so much on this show. Now, it's not their fault. I think that one, as great as this show was, I do think that AEW needs to shorten these shows. I love the whole show, but they need to be a little shorter. They need to be a little shorter. And I'm going to tell you why. I mean, first of all, you're, you're putting on a full hour pre-show of just nonstop matches that are also going insane. Like, that, the main event of the buy-in, that was a little much for a pre-show. And I'm going to tell you why. Like, people are going to be like, oh, you're complaining about good wrestling? No, I'm not complaining about good wrestling, but the more good wrestling, the more crazy-ass matches you have, when it hits the five-hour mark, you're going to be so exhausted and dead. And then matches that could use that crowd reaction are not going to get that crowd reaction because the crowd's dead. So even if you want to have a four-hour show, that's fine. If you want to have the four-hour show, fine. But don't go all out on the damn buy-in. Don't have three matches. Maybe you have one match on the buy-in. Maybe you start the buy-in at 7.30 instead of 7. I don't know. It, It just seemed like... And I don't want to be complaining about good wrestling because it was a great night. A lot of good action. I just feel like if they cut some of the filler out, this could have been up one more notch. And that crowd would be with the show, the whole show. It's all about the pacing of the show as well. And I think that's the only issue. And I'm going to take it down about one notch just for that. But besides that, this crowd was awesome. This show was amazing. Like I said, amazing action all night. Match of the night had to be CM Punk versus MJF. I would have loved if that was the main event. Um, Good title matches besides the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match, which was a little lackluster. But yeah, I mean, a great, great show. I I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see what comes next because, you know, right now, AEW is a bit on a roll. They had the big announcement about them owning Ring of Honor. They had really good shows the last couple weeks. So I'm excited for this Wednesday's Dynamite and the whole follow-up to the show and to see who's the new number one contender, to see all the fallout of this show. So with that being said, thank you very much for joining me like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate all the love and support. We got the classic ECW Hardcore TV reviews again here this Wednesday. We'll be talking about tonight's Monday Night Raw, tomorrow's NXT, and a whole lot more on Wednesday's episode. And on Friday, we have the big 200th episode. We'll be talking all about AEW Dynamite. Me and G-Rock, we're going to go old school. We're going to have to fight for Wednesday night. A lot to talk about, a lot of shit to look forward to. Thank you very much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Like I said, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Have a great day. Have a great week. Stay strong. Stay positive. Stay safe. I appreciate you guys. One love.
niggas acting tough in the hood. Till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. Till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. Till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bash shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver, the Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross, that's when you ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger streaks, while leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas acting tough in the hood, till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, till the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing them something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal Niggas acting tough in the hood, till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor, till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear It's snowing again And that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 